Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Lessons in Life and Love podcast. I'm your host and global life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you every Friday on LessonsInLifeAndLove.com and on my app, Lessons in Life and Love, on the go. I'm all about helping you transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about and to help you attract and have the love that you deserve. I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves, so you'll learn how to have emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love and how to avoid toxic, painful, traumatic relationships, which seems too prevalent today. It's time to help you create the life that you desire and have the love that you deserve. So if you have a personal concern, I invite you to meet with me for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session this week. Just sign up at my website, rihannamilne.com. So let's dive in, love angels and transformers. This is part five of the series, From Surviving to Thriving, The Mindset for Success in Life, Love, Parenting, and Business. to lesson one, moving on to thriving in love. Now we're going to review that relationship readiness quiz. And if you took that, that is the one that gives you a red light, yellow light, green light. I ask you to rate from one to 10 where you are as far as are you ready to really date? Okay. And you need to know where you are because as I said, we need to be, have you be a successful single first. So you want to focus on the top areas that you need the most dramatic and transformational growth to occur. So if you have, you know, there's 10 questions and you have five that are four and under, then those are the ones we're going to focus on as you're gently improving the others that are doing fairly well. Now, when my clients take them, they're supposed to have a few that aren't really supposed to be high. Like I have all the dating skills I need to find an emotionally healthy person. Well, you probably won't them. Now I expect that to be somewhat low because again, most of us don't learn these things. That's why I do teach them. We find out where you are and some people come to me already in a relationship and they're not sure if they want to stay in that relationship, but they're still technically single or engaged, which means still single but they're not sure. And we have to look at it. And as you grow in your confidence, you will know without me telling you which decision you need to make for yourself. Remember, no one wants your issues and you should not take anybody issues on. You don't want to save someone. Some people grow up wanting to be the hero. A lot of men do that. You don't want to do that. And then later they resent the woman. Well, I did this and I bailed you out of that. No, if you're in a time of growth or change or transition, you may consciously choose, I don't want to date right now, or I'm dating for fun and not to have a commitment. I don't know why our society, and it's getting better, but make women feel less than if they don't have a relationship. And it used to be a man. Now it's a relationship period. This is really older fashioned thinking. We want you to be empowered to choose when you're ready for love. Choose when you're ready to have that relationship. 
you may be in a part where I was for a while, want to grow this business. It is my passion. And I didn't want a steady thing at that time. And I consciously chose that. And there's other people that say, I'm definitely ready. I'm ready for love relationship. And then we put your focus there. We analyze, where are you? If you have a lot of debt, we got to get you out of debt because no guy wants to take on your debt. If you're having problems with your kids, we got to get that straightened out before you start dating. So you understand it's really important. You need to know your requirements, wants, and needs. That's essential for not settling and choosing the right partner. Very important. We break that down in lessons. Your work and other life must be balanced and you have to create that space for love. If you don't have it and you're working too hard, then you have to understand that. So you have to be ready for love and create that space. There must be no legal issues. You don't want to be going through a divorce. If you have a problem, ex-husband, we know how to deal with that. I will coach you through how to deal with that while you're out there dating because some of them actually try to sabotage you from moving on. You will have the mindset that that will not stop you. So don't worry about that. And you must have excellent dating and relationship skills. You must really know what to do. Now that you're at the point of awareness about CT, how does this childhood trauma show up for you or your partner in love? Now, there are many, many combinations. I just started spelling out 13 of them. And the numbers behind the list is what traumas this is. Codependency or over-enmeshed relationships. These are the traumas that might have happened for you. Love addiction or obsession for your partner. That's going back to your ex. So what that mean? One is trauma one, addiction in a parent. Three is emotional abuse. Five is abandonment. Ten is mental health issues in your parents. Jealousy or abandonment issues. Two, verbal abuse. Three, emotional. Five, abandonment. Seven, personal trauma. Nine, family or community issues. So that's what it breaks down to. Do you need to control everything? Do you feel this constant lack of safety? This is from several of those traumas. Are you successful in business but struggle in love? And I want to hit on this for a minute. Trauma number seven is very interesting. It can cause you to either be very successful in business or struggle in business, like Quincy Jones, okay, a top record producer, film director, helped so many kids. He grew up in severe poverty. His parents were both drug addicts. He had to go live with the grandmother. There were days he didn't eat. If she caught a rat, that was dinner. I mean, we're talking severe poverty. And at the end of the biography, you know, where they had all his accolades, he goes, was there any place that you weren't successful? And he shakes his head. He goes, I wasn't successful in love. I'm like, whoa, what a great example of successful in business, but struggle in love because he had a ton of childhood trauma that were never healed for him. And then there's the example in the opposite direction where you're so afraid to make a move because you were so ridiculed or put down or teased or bullied. Well, if I try and I don't make it, they're going to make fun of me. Again, I'm going to be ridiculed. See, I told you it didn't work. And a lot of kids get into that fear-based thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to be because if it doesn't work, people are going to laugh at me or make fun of me if they were bullied. Trauma number seven plays with people's heads a lot in business. Okay. And then the opposite, successful in love, but struggles in business. It's mostly workaholism. If you came from parents of workaholism, you might take the other direction, say, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to love. I'm going to be a lover. And you get lazy in work. You're late for work. <laughs> and again, trauma number seven plays into that. But you're a great love partner, but you're not successful in business because that could have been your dynamic. 
healthier malignant narcissism. Sociopathy is high levels of more than eight of the CTs, not feeling good enough or worthy for healthy love. You have an addiction or compulsive behaviors or high anxiety. That's most of the traumas. Depression, isolation, fears, negative thinking, any of them. Poor mood management. So you can see how the traumas come in. And those are just a tiny bit of the examples. And when I'm giving the examples, you can look at them for yourself and then looking for them from past partners that you struggled with. Looking at them, having the 10 traumas that you know in any combination, did you or your partner do any of these things? Now we're going to talk about three examples and there's many in my course, but this is just three. Have you tolerated emotional abuse? And I'm listing seven out of 15 examples of emotional abuse right now. Were you ever called names or did your partner put you down? Again, ask in reverse, do I do this? Frequent yelling, cursing, or showing anger at you. Lying, cheating on you, twisting the truth, which we call gaslighting. Embarrass or humiliate you, make fun of you in any way. Overly control you, telling you what to do or say. Insisting you account for your time, where you are, what you're doing. Tries to isolate you from friends or family insists on making all the decisions, threatening or intimidating you, using manipulation to talk you into something you clearly don't want to do. Our goal is emotionally healthy, conscious, evolved love. We are making sure that you don't have any of this. Are you codependent? Now there's seven of 19 signs listed here. In the past or present relationship, did your partner or you, do I give my date unasked for advice or am I critical? Do I overly please manipulate or control my date? Does my desire to be loved keep me attached to a toxic partner? Does my self-esteem rise or fall with my dates, whether they were successful or failed? Do I become reactive and defensive when my date gets angry? Do I indulge in their needs beyond what is normal, people-pleasing, shortchanging myself? Do I avoid confronting any boundary violations, lateness, or acting out behaviors, or just stay quiet and put up with it? This is seven of 19 signs of codependency. And this list is really eye-opening to some of the toxic behavior patterns. And if you're seeing some CD, codependency, this is something that we want to make sure we stop any of those behaviors that are going on for you, all coming from unhealed childhood trauma. Another sign that could be problem behavior for you, are you love addicted? And there's five of the 11 signs that we'll name here. Do you, or did this happen in a past relationship, lose a sense of your identity, who you were? I can't tell you how many women come to me and say, I totally lost who I was. It was great in the beginning of this relationship. I'm not myself anymore. Become consumed by your partner and their needs or activities or shortchange your desires. Okay, that happens to a lot of people. Both of you and your partner occupy your every moment. You're like really addicted. What are they doing? You're texting all the time, looking at the phone, waiting for them to text you. This is love addiction. You feel insecure if your partner travels without you or makes friends of the opposite sex. You're deeply dependent on your partner for a sense of happiness and wholeness. Without them, you feel nothing or you feel very sad if you weren't in this relationship. You feel like you have no happiness left in your life. All your life is counting on them and them loving you or you have a deep sense of fear, your partner will leave you for another. Only five of the 11 signs. Here is beautiful Kirsten, one of my graduates, and she's going to share her story on going from a toxic marriage to a love addiction relationship. 
to complete empowerment when she learned her life and love transformation and dating skills. She's also a fabulous mother of two teenagers. She's a brilliant lady with a great career, successful in business, but struggled in love like many of our clients. Kirsten, again, thank you for being with us. Let me see if I can say a quick hello, bring you on for a moment. Hi there, can you see me? There she is. How are you, my love? I'm good, Brianna. Good, good. Thank you for sharing your time and love with our listeners. Tell you how much I love and adore you. You already know that. (laughs) I love you too, Brianna. I'm happy to be here and uh, offer any advice I can from everything I learned from you. You just handle it so beautifully. You guys could teach my program now for me. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I have one of my favorite graduates, Kirsten, here to talk about her life and love transformation with her coaching program that she recently completed. Hi, Rihanna. Great to see you. It's always great to see you, girlfriend. (laughs) So close when we work together. I know. I miss you too. I really do. I miss hearing your wisdom and all your faith and just great ideas that you have. Thank you. So let's tell the listeners in the land of lessons in life and love, tell us how'd you start your journey? What made you pick up the phone and want to call me? Oh, I had just ended a seven year on again, off again relationship which when it was finally over, I realized was incredibly toxic. I was actually involved with a narcissist, which Mm. I didn't even understand what that meant until, you know, I was in so much pain that I wanted to figure out what happened to me. Yeah. I just was willing to do anything to get over this and move forward with my life. And I heard you on a podcast and you were being interviewed and you were talking about toxic relationships and how to have a healthy relationship. The one thing that you mentioned that really struck me was you had said that a lot of people have these unhealed childhood traumas that if they don't ever work through and figure out, it can lead to continual adult relationships that fail. Yeah, it's so true. And all the studies show it too. And I was one of them. (laughs) That's when I did the research. And I'm like, what is going on here? It was so enlightening, the information. What were some of the emotions going through your head at the time of should you do coaching? Should you not? What made you finally say, I'm going for it? A lot of the things that you said on the podcast. And then we had that first introductory meeting. And I just feel like you understood me better than anyone. And I've had therapy on and off in my life, but I felt like you really got down to the core issues really quickly in a way that nobody ever had. You know, my emotions at the time were, I was overcoming this traumatic relationship. So I had a lot of insecurities. I was a little bit afraid because I didn't know if I wanted to make this financial commitment and emotional commitment to working with you. I was not able to trust anyone at that time in my life. So very typical though, Kirsten, the low trust is part of childhood trauma. And I totally get that. That's why I said to my people thinking of working with me, it's like, look me up on the internet. You know, I'm all over the internet. Go on my LinkedIn, go on my YouTube, check me out because I want you to feel comfortable. That's part of us bonding, right? And learning to have trust again. That's a good point. Yes. You walked me through that process and you reassured me that it was all normal and just continued to have faith and trust in you and put my best foot forward and really focus on healing myself and learning what my triggers were and what was going wrong in my relationships. Yeah. I mean, I was at that point too, and I wish I could have found help. I had seven therapist friends. They had no idea what my ex-husband had, how to help me. I was madly in PTSD when my situation happened and It was really hard not being able to turn to anyone that got what was going on. As I tell a lot of people on podcasts, you know, us psychotherapists don't learn this 
topic in our master's. And I had a triple master's in psychology and none of this was brought up. So I was really at a loss. And, you know, I was a great student when I have discovered it and was able to heal myself through all the information that I had gathered was like so important to me to help others that had suffered like I have. I really appreciate you sharing those emotions. Once you learned that you had childhood trauma, that it impacted your life, how did that make a difference to you? You know, I think it was being aware of where where my pain was coming from and what those triggers were. And also maybe the way that I saw the world and the expectations that I had of other people. Some of that really at the core was, I would need someone else to really heal those wounds and make me happy. If I could just find someone else to make me happy. But the reality is what I learned through the process is I need to heal those wounds within me and I need to be happy within myself first and be living the full life that I want to live. And that way I won't find an equal partner. It's really healing from the inside. Boy, you really learned your stuff well and you can (laughs) voice it so clearly. I love it. When I talk to my graduates, they so get it. As I ask you these questions, you totally are right on. I couldn't have said a better answer myself. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. And what did you do differently with your dating once you had your educational coaching? Was there some different strategies that you used to find your partner? Anything that you want to share? Because some people say, well, I think I'm ready. I just don't know how to find them. Right. And if you remember, I'm still not going to date Rihanna. And you said, oh, no, you got to get out there. I was like, oh, I'm so scared. I just don't want to get hurt again. You really were my cheerleader in that process. So that was awesome because I did get back out there. And I really learned my own worth. And I stopped being attracted to guys just because they were attracted to me. And I started really looking what I wanted in a relationship. You coached me through those first couple dates uh, that I went on and I started asking different questions. I started asking about their childhood, asking about their families, asking what they did as they were children growing up, finding out what their traumas were, and then asking questions to figure out how much awareness did they have of their own trauma and had they addressed it and healed from it and did they take accountability? I mean, that was a big thing. Like you can really tell by how they answer those questions if they say, yeah, I'm aware and, you know, I'm working on myself. Or if they say, well, it was my ex's fault. You know, I tried everything I could, but it was my ex's fault. Yeah. Isn't that something when you know the questions to ask? And there is a series of them. And we start the questions on the first date and then even the second date and the third date. It's hard to get them all out in one date. But sometimes even on that first date, it's glaringly obvious that there's still anger, there's unhealed wounds. There might be some passive aggression or anger at mom and dad still. And the signs are really quite aware. And when you become very, very confident with this knowledge about what is childhood trauma, and we know that packs 90% of us. So most of us will have something, but you're so right. And do they learn what to do to heal that? Are they taking accountability? Do they see their part in the equation of how the relationship might have failed before. It's all that awareness, which we call being conscious. And then uh, we talk about being evolved, which means being your highest and your best self. Always trying to bring our highest and our best self to a relationship, to the relationships we already have, which is friends, family, our children. And when you're out there dating and bringing that is the person in front of you bringing their best self to the date. Because if there's a lot of unhealed wounds or baggage, as people would call it, nobody wants to fix the other person. And when you feel good about your life or great about your life, as we learn to do, we're living this amazing single life, 
then you want someone else that feels good about who they are and their life, not someone with problems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The questions are really, really key in asking and knowing how to interpret them. It's not simply just asking the questions. It's all the interpretations from the knowledge that you gained through the program. That's awesome. You even mentioned that your parental relationships have improved with the coaching. Can you explain to the listeners how that occurred? Well, I've got two teenagers and they have a lot of ups and downs and mood swings. During my seven-year relationship, they suffered a little bit because of my emotional abuse that I was going through. So it's a matter of, I learned to be really patient with them, to let go of things I can't control with them, to live in the present we started having a lot more fun together. We talked a lot about some of the things that we went through and how we're all healing from it and how we have to practice forgiveness and show compassion Great. and that it's not you know, healthy to hold on to anger, that they are really also in charge of their lives. And basically I tried to turn it to a positive as well and say, you know, learn from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. And instead of just not talking about it, it was like, look, don't do what I did. Like I'm learning as I go. So learn with me. And I've also learned, um, and they have, sometimes they get emotional and have these outbursts. I've been able to step back and not take things personally and That's just a boundary and be like, okay, this is something they're going through. It doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, you know, and it's all that positive self-talk about um, my work and the, the good things that I do. That's wonderful. We had talked about this as we were doing the parenting work. If you can teach your children what you're learning with this program, and many clients come to me with kids and they have been through a lot. And of course, the research shows childhood trauma goes through the generations. The recent research I had is at least three generations. Our parents, their parents, and one above that, but they're even saying it could be more. The only way to stop it is with knowledge. Knowledge is power for sure. And as you're learning these skills and practicing these skills, teach your kids. That's what I did with my children too, is I was learning these skills and how to communicate and how to look for someone who's more emotionally healthy and to ask those important questions, not just to fall in love with chemistry. Because all we had as models my generation growing up were our parents, which were usually not a very good example, and right. the fairy tales and the love romance stories in the movies. You see someone, they're attractive, boom, you're in love. It's like, no, I just grab that. That's the icing on the cake. Well, what's the cake made of? Because if there's no cake, the icing just melts. It's gone. There's nothing there. Exactly. The substance is so important. So we have to teach our kids this most powerful lesson that, you know, look for the qualities, know your requirements, wants, needs, make sure you know what you absolutely do not want as well as what you absolutely do want in the relationship. Even though you may not decide to go forward with someone, release them in love. You don't have to be angry. You never have to yell. You never have to scream. You just speak your peace from your heart and you share your feelings and when kids learn to do that, oh my God, it's wonderful because they do it then with their friends. They do it as they start dating. It's very powerful, Kirsten. I'm so glad that you shared this with your kids. Yes. And, and a couple of the things was I was learning. I think they had an idea that I didn't realize that they were supposed to be perfect. And I don't know if they somehow subconsciously got that for me. That was not my intent to be that role model. But I started saying, you know, it's okay to just be good enough. 
just be good enough. I, my, right. Your happiness is my most important thing. So, you know, you don't have to be perfect and people make mistakes. I love that. I love that. And a lot of kids go through bullying or not feeling like they fit in. There's a lot and they just don't feel they can turn to their parents. So if you're one of those moms that have that open heart and able to talk about anything, that means the world to them. All kids go through stuff and they need to be able to process that. And if right. they don't process, guess what? They get stuck with that, that feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm so glad you're teaching them these valuable, valuable lessons. They're great. What dating, parenting, and life tips do you have for our listeners that could be generic, whether they're a man, a woman, younger, older, straight, or LGBTQ population? What other things have you learned that you'd like to share? I think a big part of my healing has been just practicing gratitude every Mm -hmm. single day. And really, if I start to go into any kind of negative thinking pattern is to first be aware that Mm -hmm. I'm having those thoughts and then change them into a positive thinking pattern. Meditation helps the meditations that you taught in your coaching program. And really just having that positive mindset is just so important if you want to be healthy and lead a healthy life. I mean, I truly believe in that law of attraction and that what you can envision what you want and it does come to you. I also think that the relationships that we're in mirror where we are in our healing process in a lot of ways. It's okay to keep practicing and it's okay to fail. It's okay to have relationships that don't work out. It's how we learn more about ourselves and really sifting through what we want and what we don't want. And so it's really just takes practice. And I never really got that growing up. I felt always judged that who I was dating, my parents were pretty harsh on me about that and just kind of picked things apart all the time. And so I never really felt like I could just have the experience for the sake of having the experience. And so that's really what I'm practicing now. And I'm also really practicing um, healthy boundaries. That's another thing. It might feel like it's out of your comfort zone if you haven't ever practiced healthy boundaries. So it might feel a little uncomfortable to do that, but that means that you're really progressing and moving forward. That's perfect. Oh my God, that's so well said. I loved everything that you shared. Yes, the mindset makes a difference in everything. And I know when we were working together, you also got an amazing raise, right? I I got a promotion. (laughs) Got a great promotion and a new position where you had more flexibility and more time. So you were excited about that. And that's how the mindset work happens. When you learn the mindset for success, it comes out in all areas, parenting, business, career, love, personal happiness, friendships, finances. It comes out in all life areas. And when you have the mindset, it doesn't go away. You can see Kirsten and some of my other grads, how solid they are in their fortitude of who they are now versus who they were before. And we describe it like a rainbow. You're starting out at the area on the left side. You don't know what you don't know. And I was there and I'm like, I don't know how to change this. I don't know what to do, which is a very frustrating feeling. And then as you're getting this education and as you go up the learning curve, or we call a rainbow, you're doing great, you're doing great, but then there's going to be slip. And then you're, you learn more and then you slip. And the slippages are natural and normal because the unconscious is so strong of what you grew up with that we are changing lifelong patterns. And by the time though you do learn it and you get it because you've been practicing it and you have your coach there with you and calling you on your stuff, Kirsten saying, I don't think I'm going to go out and date yet. I'm like, oh yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was one of her slips and it's okay because I expect some things to happen like that. But once you're on the other side and you get it and you're practicing it, it's like who you are 24 seven. And that conscious awareness of living in the now doesn't go away. Right, Kirsten? Right, You're right. always on this awareness and living in the now, and it's a wonderful place to be. The it really door, is. Yeah, the door to the past is locked. It like, doesn't even phase us anymore. Mm-hmm. Very and true. You can tell when you're triggered because you have this energy around your heart or inside your gut. It's not good energy. It, it makes you feel pain or too full. It's anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have the mindset for success, that's rarely there. And if it comes up right away, like Kirsten explained, we know exactly what to do. We Awareness, awake to awareness is module one. We have to become aware of why it's there. It's there, why it's there, and then we know how to correct it. And just like finding the good out of the bad, that's one of the lessons we learn, which is so important. And then things aren't so dramatic. We don't take things so personally. We understand other people have triggers too. So it's not always about us. And all these different tips and tools come together. I asked this question in the beginning of the book. This is what you're learning. Does this seem overwhelming? Do you remember that question? Yes, I do. I do. And some people say, oh my gosh, yes, there's so much to learn, but I'm really excited to learn it all. Yes. And one lesson just builds on another, builds on another. So I just say, you know, it's a journey. Enjoy the journey. You have a lot to learn, but one step at a time, and then it all comes together. And that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when you know you get this and this just feels so amazing in your life. What final words of wisdom do you have, Kirsten? You shared so many great tips with our people today. Is there anything you'd like to end with? Oh, I just can't thank you enough. You really helped me build a solid foundation for dating. And what I've noticed since last January when I graduated is I'm still learning, but I'm able to use the lessons that you gave me and apply those in the real world with dating. It's just awesome. And it's just, I'm so excited now that I've been back out there because I'm, I know so much more than I even knew six months ago. It's really, really fun. You were just fabulous in everything that you taught me. I just cannot thank, thank you. you enough. Oh God, thank you for sharing your heart and your life with me and trusting me. I know that's a big leap of faith that everybody does the minute they sign up. It's a huge leap of faith and I have that responsibility to deliver everything I can. I've got goosebumps right now. (laughs) Deliver everything I can because I tap myself right back to that position of where you were. And I remember that. And I remember how hard that was to come to someone and say, oh my God, please help me, except I just had no one I could turn to. So the fact that right. you guys turn to me and say, Rihanna, help me, I am there. And it's, it is my heart, it is my passion. And it's people like you that are now teaching your kids and maybe your friends and they're going to get it. And this is the new mission to change the way the world loves. And you're a part of that. And I can't thank you enough, Kirsten. I love you, girl. You know that. I know. I love you too, Rihanna. You are so welcome. Thank Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share my experience. My graduates are wonderful. They really, really get this. So now is a time where I'm going to take a break and see your questions. Sarah, this came in. Is it okay to date during your time of personal growth? I'm not yet ready for marriage or lifelong commitment after going through a divorce a year and a half ago. But I'm open to developing friendship, partnership, and learning about what I want relationship. Do you think that's okay if you're communicating with the other person 
person from the beginning. Absolutely. It's a perfect time to make friendships. You're acknowledging you don't want a committed relationship, so you're careful not to hurt anybody in the process of dating and getting to know other people. When I claim those times, whether I was in growth or transition and did not want to be in a serious relationship, I also told those people I were dating, and some of them are lifelong friends and guys that I've had a couple dates with, and we just ended up being friends. We end up being buddies, and I think it's wonderful. So yes, definitely date during your time of personal growth. Just know in your own mind, in your own place of commitment, whether you want that relationship or not. Perfect, Sarah. Not a problem. All right. I hope you're enjoying this and learning a lot. We're going to stop here for today, and next week we'll continue part six of the series from Surviving to Thriving, the Mindset for Success in Life, Love, and Career. Okay, love angels and transformers, that's all we have time for today. I appreciate you sharing the love and the mission of helping me change the way the world loves by sending the show link to your friends who you love and care about. Please take a moment to subscribe and give a five-star rating to the show and comment on what you like about it and want to learn in an upcoming podcast episode in LessonsInLifeAndLove.com website or on your favorite podcast app. You can easily share the show from there. Remember, you can reach out for help from me during the week at my website, RihannaMilne.com and get my free ebook at HaveTheLoveYouDeserve.com, HaveTheLoveYouDeserve.com. And as always, I am here to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Have a blessed and fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. If you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a session with Rihanna. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.